90.7 WTCC. Good morning. Welcome to the Spoken Word. Check us out. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Periscope, at Talbert Swan. Tell a friend, tell somebody the bishop is on the air right now. 413-736-2781. And uh, we're looking for uh, Senator Lesser is calling in. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bishop. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, Senator. How are you today? I'm good. Greetings from Boston. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. I've been I've been out for the last couple of weeks, you know, uh, doing some traveling. It's busy travel season during the summer, so we normally catch up on the um, on the first Monday. But you know, uh, whenever we can get a chance to get it in, it's all good. It's a summer summer schedule. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Where, uh, where have you been? Any anywhere fun? Well, I, I was away at a uh, conference in Tampa. Uh, it was hot. Um, before yeah, that, yeah. I was in the Dominican, um, and then after Tampa, this past week, I was in um, I was on Martha's Vineyard uh, for a family nice. vacation, nice. and um, and next I head to Detroit for the NAACP National convention and then i leave detroit and i head to charlotte um for the iota phi theta national conclave so a lot going on for me this summer wow yeah never a dull moment it sounds like at least you got a little bit of downtime with the family that's good absolutely so 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 what's happening what's happening in the state house (laughs) so uh well the big the big thing we're waiting for right now is for the final budget deal uh of course the the due date was july 1 but uh, we that that got that got split a little bit, so we're we're all on a waiting game here for the for the final budget package to come through. But the other big item uh, that we ha- had going on last week, we had our um, hearing, which I know we've talked about on previous shows on the student loan bill of rights, uh, which we're hoping to get out of committee soon uh, and get a vote in both the House and the Senate uh, very soon within the next few months on that. And then all eyes next week are going to be on uh, the big new hearing we're doing on the RMB issues. I know people have probably followed this, uh, but it turned out that there were you know thousands of people who uh, just you know were driving with suspended licenses at the RMB that the the Baker administration really kind of wasn't doing what it was supposed to with following up on notices. Um, and so there's going to be a big hearing on that on Monday, uh, this a week from today to to figure out what went wrong and how we fix it, make sure it doesn't happen again. So a lot going on. We're still working on the education bill, which is a very big deal for Springfield and, and for Western Mass. And uh, we have a big update coming this week as well on the rail proposal. We've got a, a hearing coming up and an update from the Department of Transportation on their progress on studying high-speed rail between Springfield and Boston. So those, that's on our to-do list. But uh, I, I take my uh, I take my vacation in August, so we're we're in our busy period here in July. Gotcha, gotcha. You guys are staying busy while other folks are traveling and not paying attention to what you're doing. <laughs> right. Well, depending on the perspective, you know that can either help get things done or make things a little problematic. So, uh, but there's there's been a lot going on, and uh, and we you know the big big item though is we're we're really waiting for the budget. And there's a lot of pieces in there for people to keep an eye on. Uh, we've, we've got to keep an eye on the PPA funding. That's been a big fight. Uh, the school funding, uh, $50 million more million uh, for education is on the line that we've So let budget. me 
Uh, in terms of the budget, let me ask this. Um, yeah. Now, uh, most legislators um, try to try to earmark some funds back home um, for important projects, um, initiatives, and programs um, in their home districts. Um, Oftentimes, um, folk look upon you know earmarks as pork as as unnecessary right. et cetera et cetera and and we know that many of those um um agencies that receive those funds really need those funds and there have been times in the past um where baker's administration uh you know has has held on to those funds for, for a long period of time then finally releasing them and other times where he's 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 vetoed them out of the budget altogether uh, he didn't do it this past year, but of course he was running for re-election. Right. <laughs> um, uh, uh, what, what, what's the antici- What do you anticipate will be the response this year now that he's safely tucked away back in office? Yeah, good, good question. So you know he he is back in office, so we're you know we're keeping an eye on that. Uh, the revenue numbers are pretty good this year, so we we generally are, are working with a, a pretty good budget. You know, so our hope is that there won't be uh, vetoes. Uh, and, I, you know, just just a point on the earmarks. You know, I think it's easy for people to, you know, to, to say that or to, to criticize earmarks. There are certainly examples of of waste or, or ways that it's uh, it's not used properly. But I can tell you for Western Mass, where, frankly, the default is for us to not get a fair shake off it or really almost to be ignored by the decision makers on Beacon Hill, we really rely on earmarks to make sure that our community organizations, our human service agencies, the groups on the ground doing great work in our communities have the resources they need. So, you know, just for an example, uh, we did an earmark last year, our delegation, to create a new um, music program at the community music school to train Springfield public school teachers in how to use music with special education students. A uh, brand new program. It teaches special ed students how to teach music, and it teaches music teachers how to how to work with special special needs students. And we actually worked to try to get an increase in funding for that uh, this year. Uh, a lot of the funding for the Springfield Urban League uh, comes through uh, an earmark every year. Uh, we have an earmark that we do for the Forest Park Zoo to allow uh, local school children access to the zoo and to learn about uh, nature and, and uh, biology and all the other issues that, you know, they might not get access to otherwise. So, you know, I'll, I'll defend those, those, those that spending, you know, till my last breath, because I think they're very important for our community and they help a lot of people, but you're exactly right. We really need to keep an eye on it. So the first thing I think people want to look for when the budget comes out, certainly the first thing I'm going to be looking at is what, what did he veto? What did he, what, did, what did he allow? And hopefully, what he does, we'll be able to work to override. Absolutely, absolutely. Important time. Uh, trying to see what those numbers are and um, what's going to be allocated where. Um, what should people, um, uh, other than looking out for the budget, uh, once it comes out, uh, what should people be doing at that point? Yeah. So I think the the main thing, you know, if you're if you're part of any groups or organizations or, or uh, you know, even if you're a concerned citizen, uh, you know, the budget should really come out any day. Uh, so don't be shy about reaching out to me, reaching out to the other members of our delegation. Uh, you know, you can you can you know reach out to me on Twitter, on Facebook, email, text, you name it. Uh, call our office and uh, and we'll try to 
update you and point you in the right direction in terms of information. Uh, but don't be shy also about, you know, standing up for the groups you're a part of and the services that you rely on and, and letting people know how important they are. You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, we had a crisis, and I know we've talked about this before, but it really comes up every year. The PVTA is on the chopping block for state funds. And I think a lot of people don't appreciate that, for example, the PVTA serves an area of 600,000 people, which is equivalent to the city of Boston when you include all the communities the PVTA touches. And, you know, the Saturday service, the evening service, people rely on those lines to get to work, to get to school, to get to medical appointments. And it was really the users, the, the users of the PVTA, the riders who stood up, who told their stories, who mobilized, who advocated, who organized to protect uh, to protect that agency from cuts in previous years. So, you know, what I what I often say is we're only as effective as, as, as we are when we're united with our community and when we're speaking with one voice of our community. So people shouldn't be shy. If there's something that's on their mind or they got a question about something, uh, they should definitely reach out and let us know. Um, and then the other, you know, the other big, big item that everyone's waiting on is the new education funding formula, which is so, so important. Uh, and of course, there's a lot going on with education in Springfield, but we know our public schools need more funds. We know we need to do more uh, to update our curriculums and, and make them more competitive with the 21st century. And it's going to take resources to do that. And, and that bill is still in the education committee, but we're all waiting to see what the plan is and, and what the debate will look like. Absolutely. So tell people once again how they can get in touch with your office, um, you know, if they want to just find out what's happening. Um, uh, if they've got a concern they want to express to you, how can they get in touch with you? Yep. So the district office is 413-526-6501. Uh, you can also uh, follow us or, or at me on Twitter, uh, at Eric Lesser. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash Eric Lesser M.A. Instagram is Eric Lesser M.A. You can also email me at eric.lesser at masenate.gov. All right, Senator, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for the work that you're doing, and hopefully uh, this summer will go by quick enough so you guys can uh, uh, can get your break <laughs> yeah. in August. I'll see, I'll see you on the vineyard. Yeah, that sounds fun. All right, take <laughs> Thanks, care. Bishop. Bye-bye. Four one three seven three six two seven eight one, and that was uh, Senator Eric Lesser, who um, um, who calls in with his uh, update from the State House on a monthly basis, um, just kind of keeping us here in the four one three and in the Massachusetts area um, abreast of what's happening, um, what's going on. You know, out there now. Let me get to the subject matter. Four one three seven three six two seven eight one. Tell somebody uh, the bishop is on the air right now. Um, so, uh, Zerlina uh, Maxwell, who is a um, political analyst um, um, with MSNBC, um, made some comments. When being asked about, and I think I better play them for you, when being asked about um, Senator Kamala Harris, um, you know, what she thought in terms of the opposition that she would face as a woman. Now, many people have already, not already begun, have, have basically been dismissing any opposition or criticism um, of Senator Harris's record 
as attorney general of California or as um, district attorney in San Francisco. Um, And especially when it comes to black men, they have basically dismissed any criticism they have as sexist, that you're not really concerned about her record. You're mad because she married a white man. And, and and we're talking about from men who didn't even know she was married, could care less about who she's married to, but really have serious issues with her record. And I'll talk about her record um, as well. And so basically they want to dismiss you as a uh, sexist, a misogynist, a hotep. And I'll tell you what that hotep thing means. And so Zerlina went on um, live on the air and basically, she said that there were certain men of color. Now, men of color, of course, includes Native Americans, Indians, Asians, Latinos, African-Americans, etc. Um, certain men of color uh, are going to have an issue with her being married to a white guy. Now, by certain men of color, she was alluding to black men, um, basically throwing black men under the bus and making light of mental health by basically saying we need therapy. You know, black men who oppose um, uh, Kamala Harris need therapy. I'm going to play her clip. I'll tell you what my response was, and then I'll tell you how we got to this whole hotep thing. Um, Listen um, to what Zelina had to say. If I can get the clip to play. This may not be the only uh, uh, controversy surrounding race that she is going to have to deal with. No, I think that this is just a start of a lot of controversies that are going to come her way because she's a black woman. She's going to face a lot of scrutiny in a similar way, but not the exact same way that Barack Obama did. So one thing I think that's going to come up is the fact that her husband is white. And I think that certain men of color will have an issue with this. And I just want to put a marker down here to say that if you have an issue with that, you need to work that out in therapy and not at the ballot box. That's right. That is right. Okay. So, so, so certain men of color, black men are going to have a problem because their husband is white and y'all need therapy. Um, now what I said was that the interpretation of, of Zerlina's little diatribe was that black men don't have the intellectual capacity, uh, the political acumen, the phrenic veracity, and the moral courage to oppose the candidacy of a black woman on the merits of her record and policy positions. Thus, they only do so based on sexism and racial tropes. Um, um, and, and many people uh, felt that that was the interpretation of what Ms. Maxwell uh, was trying to say. Now, I thought what I said was respectful. Um, I thought it was accurate. You know, many agreed and some disagreed. Um, Her response was not to come back and deal with the merits of what I had to say, but basically to be dismissive, to uh, label me as a hotep. And and this is a professional journalist. This is somebody who's on MSNBC. This is somebody who comes on television. And hotep is basically now used as a racist um, slur against black men. And she's using this term uh, to refer to anyone 
who opposes uh, her position regarding Kamala Harris um, in a very pejorative way, unprofessional way. And this was her response. She she sent a video message to Bishop Hotep and his minions. They wouldn't call their mama. Listen to what she has to say. Hi to the Bishop Hotep followers of my mentions currently calling me names they wouldn't call their mama. Therapy. Yeah, therapy. Yeah, yeah, therapy. <laughs> yeah, we need therapy. It, because, you know, we can't possibly um, have a legitimate opposition to the policy positions of Senator uh, Harris. Um, we need therapy. We're crazy. You know, we're hoteps. Now, somebody says, well, well, Bishop, what's a hotep? For those who don't know, Hotep is an ancient Egyptian term that really means to be at peace, um, to be at peace, um, it, it, which is why it's distressing uh, to some of us when we see people trying to use Hotep as an insult. Um, um, you've got some of the writers of various paper, The Root and others who use this consistently referring to black men. Um, trying to degrade the term "hotep," um, and 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 these are smart people. They know what the term means, and they're deliberately trying to demean African history and culture. Um, um, you know, the working definition of "hotep" has now morphed into an all-encompassing term that basically describes a person um, as a parody of afrocentricity um if you think about preach in don't be a minister south central while drinking your juice in the hood um or somebody who's loudly conspicuously and obnoxiously pro-black but they're anti-progress at the same time um basically saying that men are um falsely pro-black uh, and chauvinist at the same time, they hate black women, et cetera, et cetera. And so basically you can dismiss anything a black man says, oh, he's just a hotep. So, you know, we don't even need to deal with the merits of his argument or the credibility of what he has to offer. We can dismiss him. It's, it's kind of like what white folks do when they call you racist. Yeah, when they flip the script. When you when you condemn their racism and then they call you racist, it's basically a dismissive term um, that that then um, gives them leave to not actually deal with the issue that's on the table. So we can dismiss the issue, not deal with it by just uh, writing you off, um, you know, with some type of a slur or some type of a label. Um, that diminishes your credibility, and thus we don't have to deal with what you have to say. And basically what they're doing is they're degrading our history and culture. They're distorting and destroying um, the pure meaning of the word. They they are bastardizing what hotep means, and they're contributing to the overall problem with having a civil dialogue uh, in the public sphere. Um and so now Hotep has now become an anti-black term. Um, it's a historically positive 
African word that's now been changed into a negative insult that's used to degrade black men using Afrocentric symbology. Now, ain't that something? Um, And it's not just a linguistic issue, but it calls into question the importance of discourse in the black community. Instead of opening up a transformational space for discourse about our opposing viewpoints, I'll just call you a hotep and me and my girls will just dismiss you and everything that you have to say and not talk about the issue. And the issue is the fact that Kamala Harris has some serious things that she has to be accountable for on her record. And black men who are uh, those that have been most victimized by mass incarceration, racist laws, um, 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 that 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 catch them out there and wind them up in prison. Uh, we've got every right to be concerned with the record of a prosecutor um, who was supposed to be progressive enough to change the system from within and be fair toward us, but wound up targeting black folks instead. And, and you know, we've got to get beyond just this surface stuff of liking folk just because they got swag or we like her playlist or we like the fact that she went to an HBCU or, or the fact that she pledged AKA and all of that kind of stuff. We got to get beyond that. You don't vote for people because of the sorority they belong to or because of the school they went to. Um, you got to look at their record. And the problem with Senator Harris's record on criminal justice is the Achilles heel of her presidential campaign. I mean, that's the bottom line. She is on record as advocating using prison labor, you know, keeping people in prison longer so that we can use their labor, basically keep them as slaves. That's the last bastion of slavery. Uh, Michelle Alexander talks about it in her book. Um, um, You know, we want people to fight forest fires in California. Keep them in prison longer. that, That was her position. She wanted to implement, though she didn't want to, she implemented a truancy policy that was a school to prison pipeline that has disproportionately affected black people, especially black males. And a close examination of her record shows it's filled with contradictions to what she says on the, on the campaign trail. She pushed for programs that help people, um, 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 uh, uh, stay in prison longer. Uh, she fought to keep them there even after they were proven innocent. There's a man in prison right now on a technicality uh, that even when the judge sent it back to for mediation, hoping that then Attorney General Harris would dismiss the case, she argued against dismissing the case even though Evidence showed the man was innocent. He's still serving a 70-year term in prison. She refused to pursue true justice when it came to black people because she wanted to keep her record as a prosecutor and tough on crime in the mix. That's the reality 
of who Kamala Harris was before y'all started liking her for how she questioned Jeff Sessions and, and various uh, Trump nominees. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. I'm your cousin calling to find out how could I get a copy of your message you were speaking just a few minutes ago? You can go to our church website, uh, 413hope.org, 413hope.org. Oh, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, um, you know, she resisted calls to get her office to investigate police shootings. Um, you know, there are a number of things. And, and here's the thing. She's just got to answer to them. You, you can't you can't dismiss people for bringing it up. That's the record. That's the record. You know, you, you, you can't just blow us off, push us away, you know, and um, and tell us we're sexist when that is the record. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Hey, good morning, Bishop. How you doing? Um, I'm, I have to tell you, man, you need to be a syndicated talk show host because you be spot on. And what you saying about her and how that um, that commentator dismissed, they dismissed you, they they do that and, and don't understand you're doing harm to, to, to the black male. You're basically saying that we're nobody to all the other white people and that they should not listen to us. Well, guess what? We are we're voters too. Absolutely, and, 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 and you know, and we're the voter who you want to come into the church to. You're gonna to want to come into bishop's um, territory to push your candidate of choice of who you want, and you and you and you being disrespectful to him and dismissing him. Well, that's the thing, you know. It, it's it, it's I don't understand the tactic because see, to me, it would seem to me that the tactic ought to be to win voters over, not to dismiss Absolutely. them, not to dismiss them. So even if I disagree with your candidate, your job should be, if you don't think I'm correct on the record, correct me. So if, you? if you think yeah, I'm misinterpreting you? the record, uh, do what you need you? to do exactly to woo me, to win me over. Don't dismiss me, tell me I'm a hotep and a sexist and just, you know, keep it moving because every one of us, has somebody that we influence. And you don't just dismiss one person. You dismiss that person and everybody else that they have influence over. And that's not the way you're going to win a campaign. And, 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 and to that and to that fact, the information that you're putting out there, if she was so great in what she was doing in California, your presiding bishop would have been singing her praises. And I don't hear nothing. And that's my presiding bishop. And I don't hear nothing he's saying about her. So therefore, it, 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 your fact is coming from his state. So, I, so I stand by your hundred ten percent, Bishop. And I only got one other comment before you let me go, Bishop. Have you been? A, a, did you see my direct message about what they did to this principal here in South Florida in Boca Raton? Uh, which, which, where did you send it to me at? I sent it to your direct message to your um to a, to, a, to this um service right here. To, is, a, a, to your personal to, um, Inst Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, which one? Um, 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 Facebook, because um, Bishop, you really have to look at what they did um, to this black male principal at Spanish River High School. How they tried, how they're trying, how they just recently fired him 
the highest performing high school in Palm Beach County, all because of his response to the Holocaust. And and and, and, and I mean, it's, I mean, it is it's blown up. Even Marco Rubio and and, and Rich Scott now they want to allocate federal funding to make people make our kids learn about the Holocaust, but they won't allocate any money to to, to, to slavery and to the African American history. The African American history. Um, I, it is very, very important if you can, if, if, if you can um, look at it, and I think you're going to find it very interesting that how they're going to dismiss uh, an educated black male who was the top of this, the top of this whole whole county, over a miss over an email. All right, Holocaust, I'll definitely check it out. I'll te- I'll check it out. Thank you for sending it to me. And and Bishop is always. I support you, and everything you say is accurate, and we got to stay awake and vigilant and pay attention to and listen to our leaders like yourself. All right. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Take care. 413-736-2781. 413-736-2781. Can a black man criticize, critique, oppose a black female candidate without being sexist, without being a hotep? Can he? Because that seems to be what's happening. Um, Everybody who stands up and says, no, 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 no. Let's talk about this record. is being dismissed. And let me tell you something. Um, Democrats need every black vote they can get. You can't afford to be dismissing black men. Because if just enough of them stay home, just enough of them vote third party. Just enough of them vote Republican. Trump's going to be in for another four years. Then you're going to be scapegoating black men like you've tried to do. Do you not know that there are certain black women out there saying that black men are the reason Trump is in office? 87% of black men voted for Hillary Clinton. Now, 53% of white women and 69% of white men voted for Trump. But you got certain black women scapegoating black men for why Trump is in office. Scapegoating black men in terms of why Ron DeSantis is in office. Scapegoating black men as to, as to why um, um, other folks uh, are in office. I don't understand how we're the blame, you know, and it's bad enough that white folks erroneously blame black men for all of the ills of society. You know, everything is about, you know, uh, because black fathers aren't in the house with their children, even though the studies prove that black fathers are more involved in their children's lives than other demographics. It's because black men are committing all of the crimes, even though the data proves that most violent crimes and overall crimes are committed by white men. But somehow, we're the reason Stacey Abrams lost. You know, we're the reason Hillary Clinton lost. We're the reason Gillum lost. Um... Somehow black men become the scapegoat of everything that's wrong in society 
and we're getting blamed not just by white folk, but by our own people. And then there's this notion that what black men really want to do is they really want to um, flip the script so that the patriarchy practiced by white men is now controlled by black men. They want to do the same thing white men do. Basically, that's the that 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 that's what some of our sisters are saying. They just want to do it in reverse. That instead of white men uh, being on the top of the totem pole, lording over everyone, uh, discriminating against everyone, black men want to do the same thing. The record does not prove that in any way, shape, or form. And if we're going to rise as a community, we've got to stop allowing the politics of America's two parties divide us as a people. Because at the end of the day, as someone said, whether it's right wing or left wing, it's on the same bird. Okay? Right wing and left wing is on the same white supremacist bird. And if you don't believe me, just think about what has happened over the last week. Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump. A liberal Democrat female. A conservative white supremacist male. Both criticizing the same black and brown women in Congress. Both criticizing Ayanna Presley, Ilhan Omar, uh, uh, Rashida Tlaib, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The same four black and Latino Muslim women are being criticized by Donald Trump, telling them to go back to their country, even though three out of the four of them were born here, and being criticized by Nancy Pelosi. Think about that just for a moment. What in the world does Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump have in common Politically, absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing. But in the same week, these folks who are on two opposite ends of the political scope are criticizing the same four women. Why? Because white supremacy can always get partisan political support. That's the one subject, that's the one area, that's the one issue that can always get Democrats and Republicans to unite. When it comes to preserving white supremacy and power, Democrats and Republicans will find common ground. And so since these four progressive democratic women of color threaten Nancy Pelosi's power base. Nancy Pelosi throws them under the bus. And since they 
threaten Donald Trump's power base, Donald Trump throws them under the bus. The same four women, Latino, black, Palestinian women being attacked by Democrats and Republicans because white supremacy can find partisan political support always. That's the reality. Right wing, left wing, same white supremacist bird. And that's what we've got to understand. And so, um, you know, instead of accusing black men of being divisive for having the unmitigated audacity to speak in what they feel uh, are their best interests, you know, uh, how about having a dialogue um, within our community uh, in terms of how how we approach the political sphere without tearing one another down. We don't need black women on television um, tearing down black men. We want you there. We think it's important that you're there. Um, But not if you are going to buy into the political game so much that pleasing your white benefactors is more important than uplifting your community. Being a puppet and a parrot for the Democrat status quo becomes more important to you than empowering and uplifting your community. And white folks sit back and laugh at you because here you are, you know, with your natural hair and Afrocentricity on television, but you on there throwing black men under the bus. Way to go, sister. Way to go. I mean, in essence, you become no better to our community than the Candace Owenses on the conservative side, you know, um, the sycophantic black puppets that are used by the Republicans, the diamonds and silks, you become no better than them. You're just doing the same thing for liberals that they do for conservatives. And neither one of you are working in the best interest of the black community. And so if you're going to be an apologist for white supremacy, I really don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. That's real. 413-736-2781. Yeah, we've got to do better. We've got to do better than using African terms as racist slurs against black people. We got to do better than running the bus over black men, you know. And they and and they'll give you a platform for it. You can get a platform for that. 
You can definitely get a platform for that on both sides. It's a little more difficult to get it on the Democrat side because there's so many black people, you know, in line, you know, um, to be sycophants for Democrats. But to me, you know, it's two sides of the same coin. If at the end of the day, it's going to be detrimental to our community. Black men are intelligent. We're not dummies. Black men know what is in the best interest of their communities. Black men know what the struggles of black people are. We're, we, 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 we are well acquainted with what they are. Black men are intelligent enough to analyze the record of a candidate and determine whether or not that's their candidate of choice. And they do so intelligently and on the basis of their record and not on trifling and superficial things. Stop telling us if we call Joe Biden into question, we're being divisive. No, Joe Biden is the daddy of the crime bill. He's still defending the crime bill. Ten years after the crime bill passed, the prison population doubled. 80% of those who knew uh, 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 residents in the prison population were black men. Don't tell us we have to support Joe Biden, who's still defending mass incarceration, who's, who's praising white segregationists. Don't 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 tell us we're being divisive if we bring up his record. Don't tell us just because he had a black friend named Barack that we got to support him. No, we don't. And stop telling us if we don't support Kamala Harris. That we're hoteps. We're misogynists. No, this is a woman who has a public record. And if she doesn't want her public record scrutinized, drop out of the race. Matter of fact, if any one of the candidates don't want their public record scrutinized. They shouldn't be running for president. Shouldn't be running for president. Bottom line, drop out the race. Otherwise, yes, every ounce of your record is fodder for scrutiny. Every ounce of it, every decision you made, every policy you promulgated, every piece of legislation you supported, every public statement that you made is fair game for criticism, for critique, for scrutinization. And if you don't want it to be, 
drop out the race. And the amazing thing, there are black women who oppose Kamala Harris for the same reasons that black men do. Yet, they're not being called hoteps. <laughs> they're not being called names because somehow if a black woman does it, they do it from a more intelligent standpoint than a black man. And I'd venture to say, although I admit I don't have any scientific data to back this up, but I'd venture to say there are probably more black women that have a problem with Kamala being married to a white man than black men. As a matter of fact, I'll go a step further and I'll say that there are a bunch of black women who supported Barack Obama both times that he ran who would not have supported him if Michelle was a white woman. Now tell me I ain't accurate. Because there's some of you listening to me right now that you know, you know, if Barack was married to Becky instead of Michelle, y'all wouldn't have supported the man. You wouldn't have loved the man like you loved the man. Because part of the appeal of Barack Obama to black women was he had a black wife. Now tell me I'm lying. I hear my amen corner out there. Because y'all know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> I got to move out your way. Coming up shortly, Mrs. Cynthia Butler is in the studio, and she's going to be coming up with mid-morning jazz and great black music. So don't you dare touch that dial. Uh, stay right here with us um, on WTCC-FM. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast. Go right to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. Um, or you can go on Spotify uh, as well. You can subscribe to our sermon podcast um, and also to our radio podcast so you can hear these at your leisure um, whenever you get ready to, and then share it with somebody, share it with somebody. Uh, once again, um, you can check the live stream out again and share it uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Talbert Swan. And I also want to remind you, coming up on September the 12th, September the 12th, pin that, put that down in your calendar, is the annual NAACP Freedom Fund Banquet at Shea Joseph. Uh, it's going to be off the chain. Another great speaker is going to be another great time. Um, go on, set that date aside. And if you're looking for a place to worship, check us out at the Spring of Hope Church of God in Christ. We're at 35 Alden Street, the big brick church right there at Six Corners. 11 a.m. during the summer time, we have an hour of power, which means you can't come to church at 12 o'clock because we'll be dismissing. Okay, 11 to 12, hour of power. You get prayer, praise, and preaching. You will be inspired, and you will get a word. So come check us out at 35 Alden Street. Uh, at the Spring of Hope Church of God in Christ. You can go to our website, 
hope.org. You can go to my personal website, talbertswan.org. Connect with me. Follow me. Um, um, and then um, you can definitely interact with me um, through social media. It's been my pleasure being with you on today as always. I love being here with you guys um, and trying to give you the information that I think is important to our community um, um, because somebody got to tell the truth, and so it might as well be me. So until the next time I talk to you, you talk to me. Always remember, God loves you, and so do I.